this is the rant presented by Strive Sports. Benjamin Klein here with you on this Friday afternoon. It's not almost Friday. It is. Uh, Going to be talking about Yankees and Mets outcomes from last night. Uh, unfortunately, there was no Knicks and Nets. But before I get to uh, discussing the outcomes from last night, uh, I needed to send my condolences and uh, my love to uh, Terrence Clark's family, uh, the whole Kentucky family. Uh, if you didn't know, Terrence Clark was a freshman this past season at the University of Kentucky, a uh, five-star recruit. Uh, Kentucky had an unfortunate season this year, kind of struggled, uh, but unfortunately the horrific news last night came out that Terrence Clark uh, passed away in a car accident. Um, yeah, it's just really terrible news. I mean, just a few months ago, I was literally watching this guy play. I really thought he was great. Um, that's obviously besides the point, but, I mean, he was he was just so close to making his dream a reality. I mean, every player that's playing in college or in high school, their dream is to go and uh, play professional, you know? And uh, just to see how close he was, I mean, he signed to Clutch Sports. Uh, that's... Rich Paul's agency, you know, that's that's LeBron's uh, boy um, who LeBron assigned to. So I, I would call it LeBron's agency, but whatever. He was signed uh, to that agency, uh, ready, getting prepared for the NBA draft. Uh, you know, I, I was able to work out with guys like Chris Brickley in New York. If you're unaware of who that is, uh, he was hired by the New York Knicks under Phil Jackson uh, to be the head of player development. Um, they didn't work out with the Knicks, and now he uh, basically works in New York. Uh, he runs his own like black ops leagues where he gets a ton of pros during the offseason to, to come together, play, uh, whether it be playing scrimmages against each other or you know just uh, practicing, putting in the work, grinding, uh, drill after drill after drill, and he, and he helps his NBA players. And... Uh, Terrence Clark was definitely a part of that. Uh, I saw him there playing with uh, Donovan Mitchell, at least, and others. I, I think Carmelo Anthony also. And you could just see the the energy that this kid had and, and how happy he was to just uh, have this opportunity. Um, and and you could tell the impact that he's you know had on, on many others, even being the young kid that he was, only 19 years old. Uh, this is the quote from Kentucky... Uh, head coach John Calipari um, absolutely gutted and sick tonight a young person who we all love has just lost his life too soon one with all of his dreams and hopes ahead of him Terrence Clark was a beautiful kid someone who owned the room with his personality smile and joy people gravitated to him and to hear we've lost him is just hard for us all of us to comprehend right now we are all in shock Terrence's teammates and brothers loved him and are absolutely devastated they know we are here for them for whatever they need. Uh, it's just terrible news. Getting to some NBA players, uh, you know, these guys that I'm mentioning now are mostly former Kentucky guys. Tyrese Maxey is uh, a rookie this year. My heart is extremely heavy right now. Hug your loved ones. Prayers up to my man, Terrence Clark's family. Much love. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, today is a rough day for our Kentucky family. R.I.P. Terrence Clark. Jared Vanderbilt, so close to making your dreams come true. Sorry this happened to you, little bro. Praying for the family. Uh, 
and Clutch Sports comes out and says we are saddened and devastated by the tragic loss of Terrence Clark. Terrence was an incredible, hardworking young man. He was excited for what was ahead of him and ready to fulfill his dreams. Our prayers go out to Terrence and his family who asked for privacy during this difficult time. Uh, and then you go on to uh, Brad Stevens' response uh, after the Celtics game last night, a big win against the Suns. Uh, he heard about the news in the hallway. Terrence Clark went to high school in New Hampshire, uh, so New England raised, kind of. Uh, and he didn't even feel comfortable talking about uh, the game after. Uh, you know, he just, uh, once he heard that, that, that's all that was on his mind. That was all that was on my mind once I heard about that last night. Uh, I was watching sports, you know, enjoying the Yankees game, Mets game, whatever it was that I was watching, and saw that news, and that's that's all that I could keep in my head. Jalen Brown asking for something nice. He tweeted, at NBA, please let my little bro's name get called this year. We need that. Uh, talking about the NBA draft. Um it's really, it's really just terrible. I mean, for someone at such a young age, such high aspirations, and he's and he was living up to it. I mean, he was good. He was very good at Kentucky. Um, was a high recruit. Was gonna get drafted this year, uh, whether it be first or second. Even if he didn't get drafted, guess what? He would have been in the NBA next year, a hundred percent. I think he would have gotten drafted. He was like a six-seven body. Uh, he could dribble, he could shoot, he had he had game. And just to hear of this unfortunate news, it's so terrible. Uh, I hope that we could all like take a step back and uh, every single day, not just today, and, and really show your love to your loved ones. And, you know, don't hold back on, on anything, you know, live life to the fullest. Um, Terrence Clark, gone too soon at the age uh, of 19, uh, passed away April 22nd, 2021. Uh, rest in peace, Terrence. Uh, your memory, you will be remembered forever, uh, at least by me and many other sports fans out there. Obviously, your family, your Kentucky family. And uh, I hope that we, we will do, uh, we will somehow make up for this, you know, by living, by continuing your memory. Um, so it's not the end. It's not the last year we're going to hear of Terrence Clark. All right. Moving on to, uh, less negative vibes. Not that I guess it wasn't negative. I don't mean to say that just, uh, you know, let's bring the vibes up a little bit. Positive vibes, uh, talking, the New York sports outcomes from last night. That's what I do on the rant. Don't forget, you can check out these podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, you can stream them uh, or access them via the link tree in my bio and Instagram at the Strive Sports. Uh, I'm gonna start off with the positive vibes after after those that very sad uh, story. Um, Yankees uh, get a huge win last night against the Cleveland Indians in the first game of four game. Uh, four-game series in Cleveland. Uh, Yankees start down 3-0 in the first inning. But uh, at that point, most Yankees fans would probably uh, think that the game's over at this point, mainly because, I don't know if if Yankees fans know this, they probably know it because uh, the Yankees haven't been able to score runs at all this year, so obviously they're not going to be coming back in games. But uh, the Yankees 
this season, you know, only 18 games in. I guess they just got it on the 18th game for the first time. So 17 games in, they any game that they were down three runs in, they did not come back. So Yankees start off in the first inning, down 3-0. I guess if there's any time to break it, it's now. They score the three runs in the first inning. You got eight more innings to, to be able to, you know, catch up. And uh, the Indians, nothing special. Uh, you know, they, they, they didn't even throw it. At least we're not facing a Bieber last night. I mean, their starter, uh, Savali, did pitch well last night. Uh, didn't get the quality start like Herman did. Shout out Herman getting another getting a quality start. Love to see that. I believe it was his first of the season. Only 90 pitches, six innings pitched, uh, two earned runs, three runs overall. Uh, that And then the bullpen obviously lights out the rest of the way. Three innings, no earned runs, uh, five strikeouts. Uh, so, you know, great game for the pitching. The pitching keeps on uh, doing its thing. Uh, all all pitchers that pitched last night, Loisica, Green, and Chapman, all under 2 ERA. Green and Chapman, under 1 ERA. Uh, so they're pitching really well this year. Green got his one inning pitched in, in 10 pitches only. Um, Chapman, 14. Loisica, 20. So, you know, I'd be a little bit concerned with how much we're pitching guys like Loisica and Sessa. Uh, due to the fact that uh, they're more of like the, the starter long reliever type. Uh, so we might be a little more, you know, loose with them, uh, letting them go out and throw more pitches, uh, you know, and giving them more outings, giving them more uh, opportunities. But that's the those are the guys that are going to really feel it at the end of the season if they're overused. So uh, it was nice to be able to see Herman get that quality start, get the six innings pitched, something that the Yankees have really struggled with this year. So uh, just that was the first thing that I wanted to get to, uh, getting that quality start, because I think that the, the starting pitching is the biggest concern, uh, but that's based on the fact that I think that the Yankees are going to improve hitting-wise uh, as the season continues. Uh, unfortunately, though, you look at the lineup last night, uh, even after the game, the numbers still don't look good average-wise. Uh, so I'll, I'll just go through the lineup and tell you the averages uh, after the conclusion of the game. Brett Gardner, 212. Aaron Judge, 259. You can't complain too much about it, but obviously we want to see better. Same with LeMayu, 275. Definitely want to see better than that. Uh, Mike Ford only played a couple games, but he's hitting 91 since he's been up. Torres, Got his average up to 219. That's not good at all. But he went three for five last night. Had a huge game. I'll get back to him in a second. Uh, Hicks, 161. Odor, 167. He, he went two for five, though. He had a huge hit. Uh, I'll get back to that as well. Clint Frazier, 163. Nothing for me to get back to on that. And then uh, Mike Talkman pinch hit for them. But he's hitting 200, so not playing well. And then Higashioka, two for four, hitting 353. I'll get back to that. Uh, the three guys that I said I'll get back to are uh, basically the three most important guys from the game last night when I'm talking about Torres, Odor, and Agashioka. Uh, when you look at how we did with runners in scoring position, now this is what we, this is the way we should think about the Yankees. I mean, they even still left a lot of runners on base. They left 13 runners on base. But I'd prefer to see them go, uh, they went 4 of 12 with runners in scoring position also. I'd prefer to see them go 4 of 12. That's one third, three thirty-three average, and leave thirteen runners on base. Then go one for three, three thirty-three average, and leave and leave four runners on base or three runners on base. That just goes to show that they're not showing up offensively at all. 
At least when you're leaving runners in scoring position and leaving runners on base, that means that you're getting the runners there and you're getting the opportunities. Uh, you know, the past five to ten games, we weren't even getting the opportunities. We weren't, we weren't getting the runners in scoring position and we weren't even leaving the runners on base. Our hitting wasn't doing a thing. Uh, so last night... 4 of 12, the guys that got the big hits were LeMahieu went 1 for 1, Odor went 1 for 1, and Torres went 1 for 2. Uh, pretty much what happened, uh, you know, in the in the seventh inning, it was huge. I mean, third, let's talk about the third inning first. Torres uh, gets a single, singles in a run. Uh, that was really amazing. I mean, you know, to see someone hit a single and, and get an RBI, uh, that's been kind of unheard of for the Yankees, uh, just because of the single. The single is the point that I want to get at. It's uh, the the home runs that are the main way that we're scoring these days. So to see someone score, uh, get an RBI on a single, uh, you know, I think that that's something that we need to see a lot more of as the season goes on. Shorten up the swing, which is what Michael K mentioned last night with that Torres base hit, the RBI. Shorten up that swing and... Uh, Something good will happen. It's it's almost guaranteed if you shorten up the swing, um, and then you move, we're moving on to the seventh inning. Uh, pretty much, uh, you know, Torres gets another big hit. I think that uh, I believe that Hicks walked in that inning. Torres gets another big hit. Uh, you know, didn't score, didn't get an RBI on that hit or anything, but advanced the runners, kept them moving, and then what happened, Odor came up with one of his biggest hits so far as a Yankee. He's actually had multiple this season so far, but, uh, you know, not he hasn't hit the home run yet as a Yankee, but he's had multiple base hits that have been big for the Yankees. This one, probably the biggest of them all. Uh, the game tied 3-3. Three to three. He hits a, a two-RBI single through a, a little shift on the left side of the infield, uh, the center left side of the infield, kind of a little bit to the left of second base, you know, beats the shift. Uh, something that the Yankees haven't been doing for years, uh, taking advantage of shifts. Uh, instead, they just hit it right into the shift. They're like, oh, you guys are playing us to pull the ball. We're just going to continue pulling it. We're not going to try to beat the shift. Uh, so it was nice to see someone, you know, especially the new acquisition, uh, someone who comes with a lot of energy to the stadium every day, who can energize the team. Literally, a new player could energize this team, just like Luke Voigt kind of did in the past, and Gio Urshela. Uh, I'm not saying that Odor's going to have the same type of impact, but it was nice to see him get that single, not a home run. I would have been, le- been more concerned if it was a home run. If he had a home run, I would have been like, oh, this is too classic. Like These are the same issues that we have coming to the, come the playoff times. So maybe this is something the Yankees are focusing on right now. Maybe they're struggling so much because they're trying not to hit the home run, but they're so bad at getting base hits and just doing it that way uh, that they struggle to start the year. But I think that if they continue trying to go for it this way instead of going for the big bomb every time, I think it would be extremely beneficial to them. Um, I don't know what the analytics department's saying. I believe, uh, along with many others, that Boone is just a uh, an actor, you know, just a puppet for what the... Brian Cashman and the analytics department tell him to do pretty much. Uh, maybe not in the not like during the game, but basically Boone knows what to do going into the game uh, based on what Cashman and the analytics department are giving him uh, every single day. Uh, so, you know, I, it's hard for me to blame Boone so much when I really believe that he is a puppet. But overall, we got to start focusing on getting base hits, beating shifts because we have because they shift us against us a ton. Uh, you know, especially for our lefty hitters. If Hicks is hitting, uh, 
Trust me, they're they're going to put f- like four guys on the right side of the infield, maybe one guy behind second base, three guys on the right side of the infield, and then the whole left side open. I mean, come on, Hicks, let's take advantage of that. Uh, same thing with Odor. Uh, same thing with Mike Ford. You know, we don't have that lefty guy, but also they they probably do the same thing with a lot of our uh, with our righty hitters, Giancarlo Stanton. Maybe not Aaron Judge as much. Uh, probably maybe not Glaber Torres. Maybe right now, but. Uh, Probably for for guys like Clint Frazier and Giancarlo Stanton, who actually didn't play last night. Uh, You know, we got to take advantage of them shifting. Uh, They're giving us an opening. Uh, When they're playing straight up, there are no openings. It's it's even more. It should be more difficult to find the opening when they're playing straight up. And then they shift on you. It should be easier because you literally have a wide open spot, and you really just need a. If you're an MLB hitter, you should be able to figure out how to punch a ball through a spot that, you, that you're trying to get to, uh, you know, in the shift. So it was great to see the Yankees win this game because of, uh, you know, base hits. 4 of 12 with runners scoring position. The Indians only went 2 of 11, so the Yankees pitching was pretty outstanding last night, I'd say. Um, again, Herman gave up all three runs. Starting pitching is a concern, but at least he got the quality start. Very close to not getting it, though. But uh, when you look at the RBIs last night, LeMahieu single, Torres single, Odor single. And then the only run that we got via the home run was a Kyle Gashioka homer to uh, pad the lead a little bit. Uh, speaking of Kyle Gashioka, he's, uh, you know, clearly, no questions asked, a better defensive catcher than Gary Sanchez. Uh who knows? It looks like he has more pop, even from last year. Going into this year, uh, you know, he had one home run and he had a base hit. Uh, he's hitting 353, 476 on base percentage. It's obviously a smaller sample size than Gary Sanchez in, the, in that he plays less games. But uh, for the Yankees fans out there that were calling for them to sign uh, JT Realmuto in the offseason, not liking Sanchez. Uh, this might be a good sign for you if you really are a Sanchez hater and have no interest in seeing him behind the plate anymore for the Yankees. Uh, Kyle Gashioka's rise since uh, last season has been quite the sight. Maybe it was even two seasons ago, but uh, maybe one day. You know, I think that this is a season where he can really uh, gain the role as the starting catcher. Um, he got that role in the playoffs last year, pretty much. I think Sanchez had like maybe a few appearances, but Higashioka was the main guy, especially because Cole pitched two games in that series. So that means Higashioka is catching two games automatically. Um, so, you know, Higashioka is great. If you're a Sanchez hater, this is exciting times because Sanchez might be done. Uh, but it's also disappointing to see that the Yankees didn't take advantage of opportunities uh, in trading guys like Sanchez and Frazier, who are really, really struggling now heavily. And, uh, you know, in the past were good, and, and the Yankees could have gotten a lot for them, and now they're struggling and really can't get anything for them and uh, don't have the – I mean, for Sanchez, we have a solid replacement. I guess we technically do have a replacement for Frazier and uh, either Brett Gardner, Mike Talkman, uh, maybe Florial even in the minors. I don't know why. We don't give him an opportunity. But, you know, it, it's just what these guys could have been and what they are now, it's, it's kind of disappointing to see as a Yankees fan. But – Overall, it was nice to see those ba- uh, the Yankees taking advantage of uh, runners in scoring position, getting base hits, not going for the long ball, at least not everyone, uh, and you know getting another win, starting this uh, road 
road trip off with a nice dub. Uh, hopefully, we can win this series. Take it from the take it from the Cleveland Indians. Uh, tonight, the pitching matchup is Jordan Montgomery against Logan Allen. Montgomery is one and one with a four two four ERA. Logan Allen is uh, one and two with a four five zero. Montgomery has an amazing whip though, below one whip. Uh, Logan Allen's is a, is above one. Uh, so you know, not the not the best pitching matchup tonight, but uh, you know, I was asked, I can't, I found myself asking last night, are the Yankees breaking out of their shell, or are the Indians actually this bad after trading away Francisco Lindor? And I honestly have a feeling that the Indians might be this bad. They might be the team that's uh, capable of waking up the Yankees. And the scary thought is that is that uh, since we struggled so much against our division, it might be the case that. Uh, our division might not be very friendly to us this year. It might be a real struggle in playing against the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Rays. Uh, the AL East might be the best division in baseball this year. I mean, we'll see how it happens. There are other good divisions right now. Uh, the AL West, obviously dominant with the Dodgers and the Padres. The Giants are playing well to start. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to jump to conclusions, but it's not looking very friendly in the division. So, uh, I think that we got to take advantage of out-of-division games. The AL's pretty weak this year. I think that the AL Central is extremely weak. I honestly think that the West is pretty weak also. I mean, unless the Mariners are actually good this year. They just did. They beat the Red Sox last night, 7-3. But uh, I'm still suspect about the Mariners. Uh, I'm suspect about the Angels. Mike Trout actually got injured last night, so we have to wait to hear more about that. But tonight we got Montgomery, Logan Allen, hoping that we can get uh, – build off this win from last night, uh, start a win streak, you know, and uh, hopefully only good things to come for the Yankees. I mean, uh, definitely has been a struggle to start the year, but we know what their potential is, and uh, just don't over-exaggerate or, uh, you know, or you don't, don't just get too low on them too early. It's so early in the season. Uh, you know, they've only played, like, what, 17, 18 games, whatever it is, uh, it's way too early. Uh, I think that the saying is that uh, you'll know what your team is through 40 games. Uh, I forget who, who made that saying, but through 40 games, you know what you're getting with your team, and we're not even halfway to 40 games yet, so we got a lot more time for the Yankees to show who they really are. They're also still missing guys like Luke Voigt and Zach Britton, one of the best hitters in the lineup, one of the best pitchers on the team, even though he's a reliever. So uh, the Yankees have a lot more firepower coming. Don't get too down on them yet. I'm sure that uh, they'll break out of this slump and uh, make us forget all about these early season struggles, and we'll go back and laugh about the fact that they were uh, they had the worst record in the AL for the first time since the '70s, and then they really turned it around. Uh, maybe similar to what the Nationals did when they won the World Series that year, when they were like garbage at the All Star break, like below 500 or something, and then they turned it around. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that we're going to win the World Series, but uh, you know, to start. 6-11, and 11, worst record in the AL, and then to still make the playoffs in the end, I'd say that that's a fantastic turnaround. Most teams that start 6-11, uh, that's what they are. That's that's the team they are. They're just not a good team. Uh, but that's not the case for the Yankees. I know that they're better than this. Uh, their team is way too talented for that. Uh, so excited for the game tonight and to continue this turnaround and to get back being excited about the Yankees so I can, you know, go back to 161 and uh, go to Billy's, get some beers before the game, and hit the bleachers for a roll call and be very excited uh, to see all the boys out there. Uh, that's all for my rant on the Yankees. Going to move on to 
my rant about the Mets. Last night, the Mets lose 4-3 to three in extra innings to the Chicago Cubs. I don't even need to mention the fact that they were 1-8 with runners in scoring position in the Mets. Or the fact that uh, they blew their... Did they blow their lead? No, they didn't blow their lead. They came. They actually came back. Uh, the hitting is still very much struggling. Uh, Lindor, 204. Uh, Dom Smith, 250. I'll get back to him. He went 2-5 last night. Probably got his average up a little bit, but I'll get back to Dom Smith, and you Mets fans know why. Pete Alonso smacks a home run last night, but he's still hitting 231. Conforto, 178. Uh, McCann 250. That's like better than you know usual. I guess for McCann, I'll give him 250. That's that's fine. That's good. Uh, Kevin Pillar 91. I don't know why he's playing. Uh, where's Guillermo? I'm trying to find Guillermo. I mean McNeil pinch hit. He hit one. He's hitting 163 though. That's quite awful. That's quite awful. Guillermo is hitting 353, but he went 0 for 4 last night. I guess he's having an amazing start to the year. But getting back to that one of one for eight with runners in scoring position, leaving seven on. Uh, the Cubs I'll just mention were three of eight, five runners left on base when, and also when it goes to extras, the key thing about the that stat of leaving runners in scoring position is the Cubs won in extra innings. In extra innings, you get that runner starting on second base. So pretty much what happened with the Mets last night is they got that runner starting on second base uh, in the top of the tenth. Uh, they weren't able to capitalize in the top of the ninth. Then it gets to the top of the 10th extras. Uh, runner on second base. Basically what happens, they wind up with the bases loaded and one out. Dominic Smith up. Uh, and I'm sure you know what happens there. Uh, grounds out into a double play. That's just something that, that cannot happen. I mean, it's one out. You got to get that ball in the air. Uh, I know that they were going up against this guy, Winkler. Uh, that has been on the Braves for a while and you know he has experience playing against the Mets maybe it's like a mind game type of thing but it's the exact opposite of what the Yankees showed last night I mean the Yankees I'd say are maybe they're showing uh breaking out of this hole uh you know against the Indians I guess the Cubs maybe are are more talented team than the Indians uh maybe not statistics wise at this point but uh, Names-wise, they're definitely more talented than the Indians uh, when you're talking about Ian Happ, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, uh, Marisnik, Duffy, Sogard. Uh, you know, they have a lot of good players. But you get the bases loaded one out, you know what you got to do. It's literally uh, the bare minimum. You could get out and you could still score the run. Uh you could have even you didn't even need the RBI. You could have just ran out that double play. I mean, not that it was an easy one. It was a hard hit ground ball to second base, easy double play. But there's so many ways in which you could have just gotten that run in. And it's not like the Cubs really. Uh, I mean, the Cubs got a bunch of runners on in, in the bottom of the tenth. But it would have been a completely different outcome, completely different game if uh, you know. The Mets scored that run. I'm pretty sure that the Cubs actually had second and third with one out in the bottom of the 10th. The Mets decided to uh, use the strategy of intentionally walking the run out of first base in order to try to draw a double play. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't work the way it did for the Cubs uh, the half inning before. Um, and the Cubs take advantage of this. Uh, Jason Award single to right and Baez scored. Um... You know, overall, I mean, I, I do hate that extra inning rule. The runner starting at second base, and I really can't imagine, uh, you know, 
in the playoffs, a runner starting in second base. Like we're seeing a runner on second base with no outs, not even one out, uh, is just I don't know. It, it's really weird to me. It, it just doesn't look right. Uh, personally, I like I would think it would be way better if you started with one out with runner on second. I mean, I know that the whole point of having a runner on second is so the game finishes faster. You know. First of all, I don't think that that should be the case for the playoffs. Uh, yes, maybe the viewership will go down and the longer the game goes on, but y- you know you got to have them. You got to have it is even playing field, but it's also not because uh, it, it's just not. I mean, have a runner on second base. It, you know, you can make an argument that it's, that either team is is benefits from that more. Uh, you know, both teams obviously benefit, but it, it's just so easy to do. I mean, no outs, uh, you bunt, move the run of the third, and then a fly ball, you score a run. Like, it, it should be as simple as that. And I get it. They want to end games faster, They're, especially in the regular season. There are a lot of games, but it just it just feels weird. It's too easy, and I know a lot of teams haven't taken advantage of it. I've seen the Yankees not take advantage of it multiple times. The Mets didn't take advantage of it last night. Uh, but, I don't know, it just doesn't seem right. To me, maybe I'll discuss that on an episode of uh, the Dogmatist. Uh, by the way, if anyone, I'd love to have more fan interaction. If anyone, uh, you know, any one of my fans, I'd love for you guys to start commenting on my videos more. Uh, and you know, we could create inter, we could interact with each other. Uh, if you have any suggestions, definitely let me know. I can also give you shoutouts. Uh, you can access the shoutouts via the link tree in my bio. Uh, scroll all the way down. But uh, for now, that that rule I'm very iffy about. But uh, just to see so many teams not take advantage of that, I feel like it might put a little more pressure on them having that runner on second. Uh, just like I've seen the Yankees so many times uh, with runners in scoring position not take advantage uh, of the opportunity at hand. And the Mets having the same issues. Two teams having the same exact issues to start the year. Uh, their pitching is, are, you know, is doing well overall. Uh, but the hitting is struggling on both parts. But what's new? Another Edwin Diaz uh, loss. Did he get the? Yes, he got the loss. Didn't even get the blown save. He got the loss. Uh, you know, quite unfortunate. He's pitched more than an inning. A uh, little more than you'd probably expect out of Diaz, being a Mets fan, especially knowing how many games he's blown in his career as a, as a Mets closer. But you know. Simply what happened last night is they both were given the same opportunity with a runner on second and extra innings. With the bases loaded, the Mets grounded into a double play. The Cubs took advantage and hit a single. That's the difference of the outcome from last night. Uh, So hopefully the Mets can start turning it around. They just got swept by the Chicago Cubs in Wrigley Field. Uh, They're 7-7 now, back to five hundred. Uh, but they're four and one now. They're going back home now. They're four and one at home, which means that they are three and six on the road. That's not good. That's not a good road, uh, you know, record. Uh, but the best part about tonight is that they got Jacob Degrom on the hill. Uh, I don't even know who this guy is for the Nationals. Eric Freddy, Fetty, five five six ERA for him. Degrom's got a zero four five ERA. The best pitcher of our generation. I believe it. I don't think it's a question. Uh, our generation is in, I'll, I'll get, not our generation, the past five years, the best pitcher, hands down, no questions asked, Jacob DeGrom. Uh, you know, I think that his greatness actually might put pressure on the Mets hitters. You know, going into the game, like they wake up and they're like, oh shit, 
DeGrom is pitching today. Like, I got to show up. And they know that they give him no run support whenever he pitches. And I think that pressure just keeps on mounting, just keeps on building on top of each other for this guy that they know is, is you know, dedicating his life to this sport. And not just dedicating, but he's succeeding. And he's, and he's like, one of the best pitchers to ever throw the ball in Major League Baseball. So it is a lot of pressure for the hitters, knowing that they have a guy like that on the hill and that they also haven't performed for him throughout his career. But overall, you know, the Nationals are struggling right now. They're 7-9. and nine. You cannot let them uh, start getting hot, uh, you know, division rival uh, at while you are at home, especially going up against Jacob DeGrom. Uh, I'm not sure who's pitching tomorrow. I'd assume it would be Stroman. Uh, so, you know, the, the Mets are throwing out their top guys for this series. Uh, hopefully I see a little bit of run support, but I'm not really uh, expecting it, especially mainly because the Mets are struggling so heavily offensively. I'm pretty sure that they are the worst scoring team in baseball right now. They've scored the least amount of runs. Uh, let me back that up with the stat. Yes, they've scored the least amount of runs in baseball. So... Uh, that makes me. That doesn't make me think that things are going to change tonight with Degrom on the hill. Uh, something I've been noticing also. I think the Mets are a home run heavy team. Uh, they have guys that can hit for average. You know, they hit for good average, and uh, and on base percentage, but score the least runs. I think that means that they just are relying on the two run, the home run too much. Uh, you know, Pete Alonso, obviously a huge home run hitter. Uh, Lindor, you know, he he can do it from both sides of the plate. Uh, hasn't been hitting home runs this year. Hasn't been hitting for average yet either. Uh, and overall, they've just been awful with runners scoring position to start the season. So uh, the Mets' offense needs to break out a little bit, kind of like the Yankees did last night. Tonight's a great opportunity to do it against a not such a great pitcher for the Nationals division rival, and you got Jacob Degrom on the hill. Uh, so exciting for the Mets fans tonight uh, after being swept. Uh, by the Chicago Cubs. I know that Mets fans are happy every single time DeGrom is, on, DeGrom is on the hill. So I offer you a happy DeGrom day to all of you Mets fans. Uh, that's it for my rant today. Talked Yankees-Mets and uh, the tragic death of Terrence Clark to start. Uh, hope he, he rests in peace. And uh, send, once again, send my uh, condolences and love to his family, friends, uh, everyone in, in, that's a member of the Kentucky family, Julius Randle, Emmanuel Quickly, uh, you know, everyone, everyone that had had the pleasure of getting to know such a great young kid. Uh, but that's it for my rant today. Uh, it is Friday. Enjoy Friday. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, I'll be back next week with all the outcomes. We got the Knicks playing tomorrow night. We got the Nets playing tonight against the Celtics. Uh, trying to, you know, get both the Knicks to a nine-game winning streak. The the Nets back on track against uh, division rival Celtics. Uh, then obviously you got the Yankees series against the uh, Indians, yes. And then the Mets series against the Nationals. Uh, so that's it for my rant today. Again, all of you fans, if you want to comment, you know, feel free. I'd love to hear your comments, suggestions, uh, interact with you guys. Hopefully I can do a better job at that. Um, you can also catch this podcast on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can access that via the link tree in my bio. I'll be back Monday talking all the outcomes from the weekend. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be fun. Uh, but for now, enjoy the weekend. Live it up. Hope you guys got big plans for the weekend and uh you know just continue to be happy positive vibes only summer's around the corner uh but for now ben klein peace out